Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders from throughout the sports event industry. This is Justin Shaw, Associate Editor of Sports Travel, and today our guest is Jim Shear, CEO of World Lacrosse. But before we begin, first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 23 will be held at the Palm Beaches, Florida from October 2nd through the 5th, 2023. The conference will again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic SportsLink program and NGB Best Practices Seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more information on everything planned at Teams, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. Jim Shear was named the first CEO of World Lacrosse in 2017. Prior to that, he was CEO of the United States Olympic Committee from 2003 to 2009. Shear, who also competed as a wrestler at the Seoul 1988 Olympic Games, was the first Olympian to serve in that position with the USOC. Before joining the USOC, Shear served as Executive Director of USA Wrestling from 1990 to 2000 and also was the National Collegiate Hockey Conference Commissioner from 2012 to 2013. During his time at World Lacrosse, Shear has grown the sport globally while navigating a pandemic. The 2023 World Lacrosse Championships will be June 21st through July 1st in San Diego. The event will feature teams from 30 nations competing for the championship, with the title game hosted at brand new Snapdragon Stadium. Shear and his team are also focused on getting a version of lacrosse on the docket for the 2028 Olympic Games in Los Angeles, with a decision expected later this year. We hope you enjoy the conversation. So we have Jim Shear, CEO of World Lacrosse, on our podcast this time. And Jim, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us with the busy schedule I'm sure you have right now with the the World Championships coming up. Bit of a busy summer, but uh, thanks, Justin. Always always welcome to join and uh, appreciate sports travel and your role in the business. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, you were named the first CEO of World Lacrosse in 2017. So how have you seen the growth you projected five to six years ago in the organization? And how much did the pandemic disrupt that early planning? Well, I think we're we're on track with where we thought we'd be, maybe slightly behind. We, we took kind of a year and a half, two-year hit during the pandemic. We had a number of uh, really critical goals. One was to grow the sport. Um, in terms of the number of participants, coaches, athletes, and member countries, we've gone from 58 when I started to now 86, and and we'll anticipate 90 by the end of the year. And I think had the pandemic not hit, we might have we might have been at 100 by the end of this year. We also launched a new discipline of of lacrosse, uh, lacrosse sixes, and that may have been had more worldwide play earlier. But we're really happy with where that that discipline is, and I think we're we're kind of where we thought we'd be right now. We participated sixes in the World Games uh, last year in Birmingham, Alabama. It was fantastic. Premier Lacrosse League featured it as one of their championship series a few months ago, and that was very very well received. And it it is being played uh, at a high level around the world and in grassroots leagues and national leagues. So we're pretty happy with where that is. Overall, I, we've grown from myself as a first staff person to now 11 staff and a, a $4 million budget, which is still pretty small compared to a lot of IFs. But for us, it's pretty significant growth. So let's start with with you personally. What was your familiarity with lacrosse before you took this role? Did you play at all? Uh, you know, what 
What was your interest in the position? Was it to get a new sport in the Olympic uh, program, possibly? What what got you into this? Well, lacrosse, where I grew up in South Dakota, is probably the place where somebody carrying a lacrosse stick would would stop because no one would know what it was. But it uh, a sport that I had tremendous respect for. I had seen only a little bit of it, but uh, its growth in the United States and uh, you know the quality of of the passion that people had for the game that played the game. Of course, everybody everybody knows about the origins of the game with the Haudenosaunee and and the Native Native Americans. But really, was impressed by the growth of the of the sport and the ability that I saw that it had to be a great addition to the Olympic family. I think lacrosse as a sport uh, mirrors the values of the Olympic movement, um, would be a great offering in the Olympic Games venue and the Olympic Games format, but also just a sport that would add uh, a tremendous amount on, on the worldwide stage. So what is it like being CEO of World Lacrosse compared to some of your previous positions at USA Wrestling and the USOPC? Well, wrestling was a sport that obviously I had grown up in. I knew everybody. Everybody knew me, which was sometimes good and and bad. But uh, and then the U.S. Olympic Committee. I'd been on an '88 Olympic team and knew the organization, the people. While well. I had been on the executive board uh, for almost uh, 15 years before I became the CEO. Um, so it was. I had a huge amount of familiarity there. Coming into lacrosse, I I didn't know the people, but once once I was there, the the people were incredibly welcoming, and and it's. Pretty similar. You're you're trying to do the same things. You're trying to create opportunities for athletes to better themselves through sport. You're trying to support the sport uh, to become financially sustainable commercially. Um, trying to attract people to to support it as well with donors, and uh, you're governing the sport. And those things are the same whether USA Wrestling, US Olympic and Paralympic Committee, or or uh, World Lacrosse. So uh, same business, um, different people. Uh, so you have the world championships coming up in San Diego uh, starting June 21st. So what has the planning been like uh, using the new Snapdragon Stadium as a site? Uh, what has the lead up anticipation been like in the market in San Diego? And, and what are you anticipating for this event? Well, that's, this will be a phenomenal event. I mean, San Diego is <clears throat> as a destination, as we all know, is one of the top destinations in the United States and indeed the world. And we're we're really pleased to have our world across family from from all over the globe come to San Diego to experience the city. Once they're at the event, you know, we're using University of San Diego, San Diego State, uh, and the new Snapdragon Stadium. So the venues will be phenomenal. We're really excited about the opening game and the semis and the finals uh, and bronze medal game in Snapdragon. That is just an incredible state-of-the-art facility that I think our sport will, uh, will have an incredible showing in. Interest is running high. We've got great support from the local community, like Radies Children Hospital, uh, others in the community, and uh, ticket sales are going are going great. So we think it's just going to be a phenomenal couple of weeks in San Diego. So San Diego's hosting this year comes after the World Championships took place in Israel in 2018, Denver 2014. So is that part of the longer term strategy to hit these new emerging markets? And what do you see for the future for some of these sites and venues you might try to get into? Yeah, it definitely is part of our, our global strategy and, and certainly within the United States. I mean, Southern California um, and California as a whole and that region of the country is an incredible growth market for the game. And we think this event will just further stimulate that as well as cement it as a legacy 
<clears throat> once the event is over, but also on a worldwide basis going to Israel. Um, we have our men's U, our women's U20 in uh, Hong Kong next year. And uh, that also is a, is a great opportunity for us to provide more exposure for the game there in Hong Kong and in greater China. It's been growing as well. So um, we want to continue to do two things. One is expose the sport around the world through our events, but also we have to we have to mine the existing um, gold that that is there in in taking events to parts of the world where it's already extremely popular. So we'll do both of those things as we go forward. So this event was supposed to take place in San Diego last year, and you had to postpone it one year, still with lingering pandemic issues. Uh, did that extra year give you more time to explore new things to add to the event, or you know, did it just kind of give you a little more time to make sure everything is the way you want it to be? Well, I think it was good. I think it uh, gave us an, an additional opportunity to, to spend more time in the preparation. Obviously, Snapdragon as a new stadium was coming online, so that also helped uh, in terms of maturation and, and familiarity with that facility. But I think it, it just, um, with everything happening with um, our busy summer last year with the World Games, our Women's World Championship in Towson, Maryland, and our, our men's U20 in Limerick, Ireland, it just gave us a good flow and really allowed us to to kind of put our primary focus on the event in San Diego. And it's happening in the backdrop of our efforts to try and uh, have lacrosse become an Olympic sport. And so I think the timing of that is good as well. So how can world lacrosse grow the game? And what are the plans to do so in a sport that has been dominated by the U.S. and Canada mostly up to this point? How do you keep growing this and how do you get kids from other countries and other regions of the world to to really get into this and and make it a competitive sport for everybody. Yeah, a lot of philosophical debate around that. Um, even within our membership, we had a, some discussion of that yesterday on a webinar, whether establishing a national team and building national team competitiveness will pull the sport up or providing grassroots coaching and grassroots support and facility access, et cetera, and building it from the bottom is the way to go. But we're doing both. Um, the sport continues to grow around the world and more countries are joining as, as evidenced by the 86 countries now because they they want to be part of the organization. And uh, people in lacrosse, um, which I think is a very true statement, always say there's magic in the stick. You put a stick in a kid's hand, um, they're going to want to play the game. And I think there's something about that skill progression and learning learning lacrosse really attractive to uh, to young people. So part of our goal is to provide opportunities for exposure to the sport at the very base level, i.e. getting sticks in kids' hands and then building um, more clinics and, and grants for our members to grow the base in their countries. But then at the top end, uh, building more, more new national governing bodies around the world and then providing competitive opportunities for those governing bodies. So kind of pulling from the top and pushing from the bottom. It, uh, it's been a good strategy for us. Obviously, Canada and the U.S. have been dominant because of their history in the game. But as we saw with Japan winning a bronze medal in the World Games last summer in Birmingham, other parts of the world are starting to encroach upon that competitive advantage. And I think we'll continue to see that trend. So speaking internationally, this is a, obviously a hot button topic that everybody has to answer. You know, all the CEOs have to answer. I'm, I'm sure you're tired of talking about it. But does Russia or Belarus have a team and are they currently allowed to compete at international competitions? Yeah, Belarus is not a member. Russia is. But in team sports, um, the IOC guidelines are that the Russian or Belarusian teams would not be eligible. 
We didn't have to deal with it this summer because the Russians did not uh, have a men's national team that qualified for the event in San Diego. So we'll just continue to watch and follow IOC leadership and see where it goes in the future. That's but currently not as difficult a situation for us as it is for many of our colleagues in the uh, the International Federation world. So lacrosse, as you mentioned before, has a potential spot in the LA 28 Olympics uh, with the sixes format. What would that do for the sport globally if you were able to get on the Olympic program? Well, we we obviously think it would be a, a game changer for, for us um, around the world. It would it, even in the U.S. it would it would re-stimulate the the you know explosive growth that the sport had over the past twenty to twenty five years. But around the world, it would provide opportunities for funding with national Olympic committees and sport ministries, increased promotion and brand exposure of the platform of the Olympic Games. Obviously, more than four billion people will see some or some part of the Olympics and and learn about lacrosse. And then just that opportunity to tap into additional resources, whether it's at the club, civic, sport ministry level, is is um, incredible and, and would really help the game internationally. So I want you to put on your prediction hat here. What do you think the likelihood is that lacrosse is chosen for LA 28? That's a really interesting question because, one, we, we think we've controlled everything that we can control um, as well as we could in terms of putting together a discipline uh, and a sport that is a great offering for the IOC. Our interactions with LA 28 and the IOC have gone incredibly well uh, since we've been a shortlisted sport. So we're really pleased with the control over the things we could control. There's a lot of things outside of our control, but we feel pretty good about things that we've been able to control. So I won't put a number on it, but I would say that um, within the sport and based on my knowledge of of the movement, you know, we feel very good about our opportunity. So what was your pitch to the Olympic Committee to include this sport? Give us a quick rundown. What what was the, the what were the strong points to get lacrosse into the Olympics? Well, I think if I can encapsulate it in one statement is lacrosse is the next big sport on the world stage. Uh, if you look at the professional leagues in in the US with PLL, NLL, and a- Athletes Unlimited for women, you look at our growth around the world, you look at it, the expansion of the game, lacrosse will be the next great sport on the world stage and, and be um, continue to elevate itself in North America. But um, we also think that, um, so that was the lead, but we also think that the values of the game and the origins of the game are a remarkable story for the Olympic movement and uh, would add to the, uh, the fabric that already exists in the games uh, with the, with the uh, origins with the Native Americans and the values of the games um, that started from the beginning. So when you were putting this pitch together, what was the, was there any backlash from the traditional lacrosse community about putting forward the sixes version, uh, which is not a normal version for professional college or high school level? What, what's been the reaction? Well, there, you know, there were from the re- overall reaction from the beginning with sixes has been fantastic. And in particular from the athletes, the athletes love playing the game because of the speed, the opportunity to score, um, and just the action. And so the overall reaction has been phenomenal. Uh, of course, there were some lacrosse purists early on that thought, well, this isn't the form of the game that you know we're familiar with or we believe is is the true form of the game. But if we look back at you know 500 years ago and the origins of the game, yeah, it's not it's not that either. So the game has continued to change and evolve. Once we had 
the showing that we had in the World Games in Birmingham and then the PLL Championship Series, which showcased it with the both of those showcasing it with the very best players in the world. Um, I think we've won over even the staunchest uh, purists in the game with the fact that sixes is an incredible new discipline of the game. The other disciplines aren't going away, but we've added added something to the game with sixes. You know, there's a lot of lacrosse on television now. You can find it on streaming. Uh, I watched Notre Dame win the college championship last week, which was a, a very good game. When when you're watching that, how would you describe the sixes format compared to the traditional one? Because I don't think a lot of people, maybe the, the the fan who just puts the TV on, myself included, know a lot about sixes. So what went into the decision to put that in the application instead of regular lacrosse? And and what do you see, um, you know, the people's reaction being that maybe don't know a lot about it? Well, I think it's easier to understand, less specialization, easier to understand, more scoring. So a casual fan or somebody who's just turned on lacrosse uh, for the first time and stumbled onto it on their whatever medium they're watching entertainment on, will find it more understandable and, and a better product, we hope. And I think it it, it still is, is something the purists will find uh, pretty exciting and and um, and stay with it. So, but when we developed it, we knew we needed a product that that uh, one would stimulate growth around the world with easier access, more play, and and less requirements to uh, to to start the game around the world. So that was the first goal. The second goal was to provide something that fit within the Olympic format. We had to have less less numbers of athletes to fit within the IOC athlete quotas, um, less numbers of support staff. Uh, but then we also wanted something that fit within the framework of the Olympic Games, um, the running game time, the quick action, um, the ability to stage a tournament, more games in a, in a, in a day. All we felt were, uh, were uh, a stronger opportunity for lacrosse to be included in the Olympics. And the, the whole thing, when we developed, we were keeping an eye on what is increasing and maximizing our opportunity to be included in the Olympics. And we feel like we've come up with a format that does that. So they're in the evaluation stage right now. I think we'll, we'll know in September or October uh, what the verdict is. Uh, what, what's it like just playing the waiting game right now? Obviously, you're very focused on the world championships and you have a lot of other things going on. But it has, is it just kind of in the back of your mind that you know this decision is going to come down here in the next month or two, maybe three? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've kind of done the majority of the work. The official parts are done. We're trying to monitor um, where things are at with the existing core sports and and trying to forecast the numbers available for the host city sports and also you know, watch any developments. But it's a uh, it's a nervous time as we we wait. Uh, for LA 28 and the uh, IOC program commission to make their recommendations to the IOC executive board, which we believe will be sometime the end of July to mid-August. And and so it's almost here. After six years of a lot of work, we're getting to the end of this journey. But this journey is not the end for lacrosse. If we're not in in this round, um, you know, we'll continue to to move forward and and uh, continue to grow the sport around the world and, and try again. But this is an incredibly... Uh, both exciting and, and nerve-wracking time as well. So you touched on the Premier Lacrosse League earlier. Um, you know, with its ability to drive social attention, how has that helped the sport and and really got more people into it when they turn the TV on and they see the Premier Lacrosse League? Well, it's it's a great 
a great example of the sport and they've promoted the league and and uh, what they do very very well on social media and their their television product is some of the best television product we've seen in the game so um they're built they're bringing new fans to the game um and they're also engaging the existing fan base with their product um so it's it's great it's been great for the game and it's one of the things that uh, you know we just kind of um, in some instances, get on their wake, or or just you know, rising tide is lifting all boats in this in the sport. So it's it's been great for us that the excitement and energy they've brought to the uh, the game. So last thing I want to mention is before you did all these other jobs, you were a commissioner of a collegiate hockey conference. Did did you do you miss you know do you miss the hockey at all? I know lacrosse is kind of similar to hockey in in some ways, but you know, did you miss the chance to get involved in Olympic sports? You know, what, what was the, what did you take from that job that you still maybe apply nowadays going from commissioner to CEO? Well, you, you know, commissioner is a pretty cool title and I had my name on a hockey puck, which was pretty awesome. But, um, you know, the, the similarity between hockey and lacrosse is that the, the people who play it are, are often the same people, uh, particularly in Canada, uh, but they're very similar people. And, um, you know, it's kind of the same, the same demographic. And it's, I really enjoyed hockey. I had uh, played a small amount as a kid and, and, and enjoyed, really enjoyed that sport. Um, so it wasn't as new to me as, as lacrosse is when I, when I jumped into lacrosse. But the one thing that kind of stayed with me is just the, uh, the similarities with the people and, and the audience between hockey and lacrosse. Both great sets of people and uh, great sports. Jim, I know you're a busy man. I'm going to let you get back to it. I really appreciate you joining us and, and having this conversation and uh, giving all, all this insight into the world of lacrosse and, and what you're what you're doing. And uh, a big year coming up for World Lacrosse, so we will continue to, to follow what's happening with the developments. But thank you much so much for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you guys. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports events industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Justin Shaw for Sports Travel. Thanks for listening.